Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast. I am Caitlin Caffrey, and I'm super excited to be with you guys today. I'm also super excited to finish out the semester strong on Wednesday with a global Switch Worship Night. This is going to be a unique experience, um, unlike our normal Switch experiences, where we are going to kind of take our students on a journey of reflecting on where they have seen God working in their lives. There's going to be some built-in reflection questions woven throughout this worship experience, and I think it's going to create a special moment as we kind of take a look back on our past selves, our present selves, and then uh, look futuristically forward into our future selves. Um, And again, there's going to be some reflection questions built in um, and times to kind of think through those. And then in our small groups, we're going to be able to uh, wrestle with each piece of that, but specifically focusing on that that future self portion. Um, And so again, I think it's going to create a unique moment and a unique opportunity to look back on all that God's done this semester and just reflect on and worship him for his faithfulness in our lives. Uh, So I'm super excited about that. And uh, I have Josh Baldwin on the podcast today, and I am excited to ask you this question, which is super relevant to this time uh, that we're stepping into with Christmas. And we had a leader send in the question, which is, how do I best handle being a small group leader during Christmas break, where everyone's kind of just doing their own thing and going their own separate way and not necessarily in town? How do I be a good small group leader during Christmas? That's a great question. And I think I think part of it, like part of the reason we asked that question is obviously everybody's disconnecting. So we're kind of like, you know, we're going and doing our own thing. Something I think is really important for us to think about with something like Christmas break is who is it that all of us are looking to hang out with during that time? Like if you like if you actually think about who you're intending to hang out with over Christmas break, it's going to be your family. It's going to be like your close loved close loved ones, people that you're close to in your life. And that's like that's who you spend time with. That being said, knowing that over break, we want to in some way, like we want to stay connected to our students, knowing that when switches happen, not happening, not only do we want to stay connected to our students, but we also want to like take like seize opportunities to help them recognize Mm -hmm. that it's not just switch. Like we're not just connected to each other through switch. You're part of my family. Like we're, we're in this together and I care about you a ton. And so I think it's something for us to think about, um, to, to really like process with ourselves and go, okay, so over Christmas break, I know they're going to be hanging out with families. I know I'm going to be hanging out with mine. So is that an Mm -hmm. opportunity for me to unplug? The answer is maybe, right? Like, so to a degree, it's an opportunity for you to know, hey, we're, we're not going to be meeting in person. We want you to go hang out with your family. If you weren't spending great time with your family, that, that'd be a miss or whoever your loved ones are that you spend time right. with. But we also want for you to recognize that when, when students come to Switch, we tend to tell them welcome to the family. Yeah, And so if we're going to tell them welcome to the family, then man, when it's time for family stuff and it's that time of year, 
they should be on our minds and in our hearts. Like yeah. we should be thinking about what are they doing? Like what is right. going on in their life? And is there something that, is there a way that, um, that I can reach out to them and be praying for them or wishing them a Merry Christmas or Maybe I could even invite them to a Christmas that, that we have as a small group at the, yeah. you know, somewhere local or at one of our houses. Like, is there something special that you can be doing to go, hey, this actually isn't like super hard. It's actually just me going, hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to find two hours. Like, I'm going to find two hours to celebrate Christmas with people that aren't just like random people, but are actually family. Like, I tell them, you guys are my family. You're my kids. Like, I care about you. I'm on your team. You've got my, I, I mean, yeah. I'm on, I've got your back. And I think that it goes a really long ways when we take the opportunity um, to yeah. do that. So it's, it's not, it's, it's one of those where if you don't, then you almost miss a huge opportunity. That's what I'd yeah. say. Yeah. That's, I think that's super valid and, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but we have um, hopefully some idea of what their family situation looks like during the holidays. And we know for a fact that it's not always great. They might not actually be looking forward to that time and that break. And so if we can build in something, something small that they can look forward to, man, like you're saying, the, the long way that that goes, I think is is a huge gift. One of the things that brought me the most joy today (laughs) was that my students texted in our group text without, without me or my co-leader initiating beyond, you know, telling them that we're thinking about them and excited for them um, with break coming up so soon. Our students were like, could we do a Christmas party together? Like it was Mm, their idea and I am so excited. <laughs> so that was one of yeah. the things that brought me a bunch of joy today. So and, and it'll be a, a quick little deal on a Saturday where we do like a fun little white elephant and eat some food. And that's about that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm excited for uh, the rest of us to get to do fun Christmas things with our students as well. You bet. So that's going to transition us into uh, what we're talking about today. And what we, what we wanted to talk about was how do we love those students who are really hard to love? Either they are just super disruptive and distracting. Maybe they are uh, struggling with a, a special need and needing a little more attention. But how do we kind of go about reaching them and loving them when it feels like it requires so much effort on our parts and honestly just gets a little annoying. (laughs) Right. No, I think that's a great question. And this is one of those things where it's, it's, it makes me think about what was my perception of what youth ministry would be like versus Mm. what is the reality of youth ministry. Right. And so when I think about that, it's, it is, it's very, it's very easy for me to think, man, like to a degree, this, for some of us, you may go, this isn't exactly what I expected. Like this, like, honestly, like this just isn't exactly yeah. what I expected. And so this is what I would say. Um, I've been a youth pastor for a long time and I will be honest in admitting that over the years I have found myself not, um, 
maybe not understanding or losing sight of what our actual role is. So I'm going to try to mm. kind of paint a picture here. Um, we've got this student. I'm not even going to tell you her name. I'm going to say, I'm going to make up a name. We'll say that her name is Christy. Okay. So I've got this student. Her name is Christy and really sweet kid that struggles yeah. with a lot of stuff. And by a lot of stuff, I mean um, significant um, gender identity issues and self, um, you know, self-harm, like just doesn't believe much in herself. Mm. But when you're around her, you're like, you smile a lot and you're really happy to be here. Now, mm. we do this thing where we create opportunities for students to hang out with us in kind of a separate um, outside of switch. We've got these separate things that happen sometimes on the weekend. And on this particular weekend, I'm there and we had four students show up, right? So we've got four students. We Usually we have like 25. And we mm. had two weeks in a row where we had very few. Well, this student, Christy, she would show up every week. Doesn't matter if anybody else is there. Trust me, she's going to be there. And which is great. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, is it still worth it that we're, you know, we're putting a lot of effort into continuing to do more stuff, you know, and it, and it can be tiring. You can only do so much. And I'm sitting there thinking like, is it worth it that we continue to do this if we've only got four students coming, right? And I'm looking and I'm going, well, two of the students that are here right now are our capacity students. They're already highly involved. Like they don't necessarily have to have this extra thing. And so mm. lots of processing for me. Yeah. And then, um, and then it hits me like, as we're talking, Christy says, I said, Hey, you know, does your parents know to come and get you? Because, um, you know, they they'd kind of, it was pretty late before they picked her up the week before. And she goes, Oh, I'll check. I mean, I don't really care. I, I just want to stay here anyway. And I'm like, okay. Um, now I'll tell you, Christy knows that we don't agree that we're not on the same page with what she believes about her gender identity, mm. but she also knows that we want her at church. We want her here. Yeah. And she also knows that we love her so much and have, yeah. and, and we'd go out of our way to make sure she knew it. And so even though we don't have the exact same beliefs, even though we're not exactly on the same page, and even though sometimes I have to say, Christy, like, you can't talk like that. Like, oh, Christy, that's that's a four-letter word we'd rather you not use. You know, like, I mean, that, even though we have those conversations and that stuff comes up, there is nowhere that she wants to be more than mm. here at church. Wow. And so I walked away from that going, you know what? If I find myself deciding, ah, you know what? There's only four kids here and Christy's here, but I mean, there's only four kids and man, she can be really hard to reach. And I feel like every time she's here, I'm having to guide her in a different direction. And it's so exhausting. If I find myself going, I'm just not sure that this thing's worth it, then mm. I probably need to check my heart pretty good. Mm. Because I'll just say this, if a, if a kid going through what Christy is going through in her life and in the culture she's gr growing up in right now, if she keeps showing up and is going, I don't want to be anywhere than right here, right now, then I have to understand, and all of you have to understand, there is nowhere else we should be than mm. right here with Christy, regardless of the fact that we don't agree, and regardless of the fact that she can be really difficult to handle at times. And yeah. I, on, I'm going to give you another example of kind of the flip side of that. We have another student um, who... Um, is autistic and on and pretty severely, you know, uh, into the spectrum mm -hmm. that has been, it would be an understatement to say that she has been difficult to deal with. Um, so this mm -hmm. student, um, I will call her Anna 
Um, so Anna has stood, will literally will stand up in the middle of the service and, and ask, say, give me the mic. Like she'll yell, like yeah. she wants the microphone and mm. it gets really, uh, you know, obnoxious and loud. And, um, Caitlin, you serve at our campus. I think that you've witnessed this and mm -hmm. it can be a lot. And it's almost like she gets angry to the point that you can't necessarily, part of you is going, what do we do here right. to help this kid? And it's one kid. So yep. here's our options, you guys, when you've got a difficult kid. So I'm going to give you, this is a, a scenario that's played out for me as a youth pastor, but I want you to think about it in your small group. Here's my option with a student like Anna. I can either say, I can either go to her grandparents who are raising her and say, Anna, um, and tell her grandparents, hey, Anna is, I don't think she's a fit for switch because it can be kind of wild and it just seems like she can't handle, you know, all the, maybe the noise or all the people and she wants, she'll, she'll try to take the microphone from people. And she, she's almost gotten like to the point that she wants to get physically like, don't touch me and start screaming. And I just don't think this is the place for her. Right. So that, that could be one option. And, and there may be some scenarios where there's truth to that. There may be some scenarios where someone that's autistic and just the noise and all that, they, they can't handle it. But I'm going to tell you the route we went. And I'm not saying this because I'm a good person. I'm saying this is the route we went because if I'm being honest, the other route is where I thought we were going to go uh, mm. to start. And what we ended up doing is we met with Anna's parent, grandparents at the car that a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, yep. so we're having some trouble, but it's okay. We're on your team and we want you to know that we really care about Anna. And yep. we just, if, we, if we're being honest, we don't have a lot of experience dealing with um, what Anna's dealing with. And we were just wondering, like, do you guys yeah. have any thoughts? And I'll just tell you, um, when I asked that, her grandma got quiet. She fought back tears mm. and then said, well, it's just really hard. Mm. You see, Anna's grandma's with her all the time and raising yeah. her and homeschooling her. And can you imagine how exhausted that her grandparents must be? And so what if... What if even though they're exhausted, what if I just went, you know what? This isn't the place for her. I hope you guys can find a place that is. Mm. That's the opposite of what we want to do, right? So instead right. what we did is we brought someone in who's a, who was a professional dealing in the, school, in the school system, helping with students like Anna that would meet with us. And we asked her grandparents to come back the next week and meet with us and sit down in the office and meet with us. We sat down with Anna when she got here early on Wednesday and talked with her and bragged about her ugly Christmas sweater that she made and built yep. her up and then brought up the week before and said, Hey, you know, that was pretty bad. And you know, just kind of that behavior, we can't have that. And she, she said, Oh, we don't talk about that. You know, cause that was just kind of her response is like, I just, I don't want to talk about it. And we told her, well, we need to kind of talk about it. And we said, it's okay. We love you, but we can't, we just need to trust that you're not going to try to do that anymore. And she said, I won't, I promise. And so that week, Anna got to get on stage for our ugly Christmas sweater contest. She didn't win. Yep. She got third place and she walked off the stage smiling. And the yep. person that was partnering with her said, Anna, you were in the top three. And yeah. Anna threw her hands up in the air like she had just won the Super Bowl. Come she on. was so excited. So good. And by the end of the night, she's walking around showing people her ugly Christmas sweater she made. And she's so proud of it. And it was such a good night. And I want you to know yeah. this. It wasn't just a win for Anna. And it wasn't just a win for her grandparents. It was a win for our youth ministry. Yep. Because that's the heart of what we do. Come like on. That's who we're there for. We're not just there for the athletes. We're not just there for the popular kids. We're not just there for the kids who read their Bible every day. 
And, and we're not just there for the like socially aware kids. We're there right. for all the kids, right? Um, and so that in your small group may play out that you, you recognize that there's somebody that special needs, right? Or it may play out that you just got somebody that talks a lot. And you're like, man, this kid talks all the time. Like they're driving me nuts. And I don't know what to do with this kid. Like, I don't know how to reach them. And you may be at a point that you're like, I think we just need to, they need put them in a different small group. Can we just take this kid out of my small group? Right. And, and sometimes, listen, sometimes if there's a disruption and there's a couple kids there, sometimes that could be the answer. But usually, usually the answer yeah. is for you to love that kid enough to be patient enough with them and to pull them aside. And you may have to do this every single week to pull them aside and say, Hey, um, Billy, you're doing like, I think, you know, I love you, man. I'm so glad you're in my small group. And I think you're awesome. Yep. Something that I've noticed is that you share a lot during small group time. And I love that you share, but when you share so much, it actually means that other people don't get to share as much. Right. And it kind of takes away from their opportunity to be heard. And so do you think this week you could help me and you could share once or twice, but then give other people the opportunity to do that. And, yep. and instead of just going, instead of just assuming, man, this is a kid that lacks awareness, or this is one of those annoying kids, and then just leaving it at that, no, invest in them the way you would yep. hope someone would invest in you. Like, yep. what, if I told, what, what if I told you that for years, like, Caitlin, what if I said, hey, ever since I've met you, I've thought, man, that, that girl will not shut up. Like, she just <laughs> is constantly talking, right? Like, you Ridiculous. know, or like, she's constantly, I mean, man, her laugh. I just can't take it anymore. You know? Like what? It... <laughs> so, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. what if there was something about you that was just right. like, oh man. And it stood out. And to a degree, maybe it was, it was like, and you were unintentionally undermining your own leadership. And instead of mm -hmm. caring about you sitting yep. down and having an honest conversation, I just went, man, like, yeah, she just always does that. And I never told you. And I expected mm. you to just, figure it out on your own. Like that right. doesn't work. Right. In the same way for students, it doesn't work. It also wouldn't work for us as adults. Yeah. And so I, I would say that if you have a student like this in your group, I just want to encourage you to shift your perspective yep. because I want to encourage you to know that if you are sensing that that kid is struggling to be aware and maybe does some things that are hyper annoying, that, that, that makes other kids even frustrated with them. Sure. And I, I hope that you know that they're probably experiencing that same thing at school and they're probably experiencing that same thing on the basketball team or that same thing in their group of friends where people are just annoyed by them or people are just frustrated with them or don't want to hang out with them. And it's likely because no one has yet loved them enough to consistently be honest with them. Right. And consistently. And in the same sense, if there's adults in your life, that there's something that they just don't realize they're doing. Just love them enough to consistently be honest with them and lead them to that next place, to like wherever yep. they could be headed next. And so I think that this is a great topic. And I hope that it's something that you, people will never grow if you don't love them enough to step into it. But if you yep. do, if you love your group and, you, and right now you're thinking of some kids that have some huge opportunities for growth, I hope you'll love them enough to genuinely do the hard work because it's hard work. It's more time consuming, but do the hard work to love them well and help them grow. Yeah, that's so good, Josh. I, as you're talking, what kept coming to my mind is like, 
it's the difference between between being a good coach and a bad coach. And I grew up playing sports, right? And the worst coaches that I had were the ones who did not set me up for success, assumed that I could just figure it out by myself, and then got ragingly angry at me when I didn't. <laughs> that made me, like, I have coach wounds, for lack of better terms, from coaches who coached like that. Um, but the the way that... Um, we are called to handle this and the, the opportunity that we have is to be a good coach, to be someone who approaches with humility and curiosity like you did with Anna's grandparents and look at the impact that that had. To be someone who chooses to, to step in and make sure that that student is set up for success in every way that we know how. And to then like let them kind of coach us as we are coaching them through some of these situations. I think of a uh, opportunity that I had to lead a community group when I was in college. And I had a girl in my group who was autistic. She was um, a, on the more severe end of the spectrum. And she just dominated the group. And it was like, every single thing came back to this one idea for her. <laughs> Everything was related to band. That was her thing. That was like what she was so passionate about. And it was a super developmental experience for me as I leaned in and learned how to uh, build this group and have conversations <laughs> amongst these this group of college students uh, working with this girl. And what what happened for me is I had to, to let my attitude shift and my heart change instead of getting frustrated um, that everything was completely derailing. I learned that I was actually gaining the skill set of being able to redirect anything. <laughs> and it has made me a more confident leader in, in some of those group dynamic situations where, you know, it might not be that severe where it's you have someone who is lacking that much awareness, but even in just making it a more cohesive and enjoyable group experience overall um, is a skill that I gained in that season by leaning into a frustrating, uncomfortable scenario and trying to let myself be coached as I was also trying to coach someone else. So I think that there's like a humility that you're talking about that we get to approach with. Is that right? I would absolutely agree. I think humility is a great way to put it. And um, if I were to summarize what we're talking about here, ministry in general, loving people the way Jesus loved people is difficult and messy. Mm. And if it, I know it's okay if you thought to yourself, Hey, you know, like it's going to be just great. I'm just going to be able to like connect with them right away. And it's, we're just going to get along and I'm, they're never going to drive me nuts. And like, it's totally fine <laughs> if that was what you thought. And then now maybe you're realizing, okay, sometimes that is the case. Like sometimes I have some kids that I'm like, man, they are just, I've, I have such a blast with them and yeah. they have great awareness and I'm, it's just so wonderful. Sometimes you're going to have kids that you go, man, they're lacking so much awareness. And my mm. request to you is please do everything you can to see yourself in their seat. 
Please do everything yeah. that you can to know that there was a day that you were a teenager that probably lacked a significant amount of awareness. And you sure. so desperately needed somebody to love you enough to be so patient with you and to know that you are not a problem or you're not even a distraction or an annoyance. You are another child of God who needs our attention and deserves as much of our attention as the next kid, even yeah. though maybe you're just taking a little bit longer to figure some things out. Love them enough to help them grow through the season that they are in and be the best Good. and most prepared that they can possibly be. Show them the kind of love and care that they are not experiencing elsewhere. Just do, do yeah. what they don't expect and show keep on showing up in their lives. That's good. Yeah. You, you kind of posed this question. We were talking in the beginning and just challenged the way that we think of like, who are the students we are trying to reach? Is it just the popular and influential ones? Is it the ones who are already there? Because if those are the only students that we're trying to reach and connect with, we've completely missed it. We've completely yep. missed the opportunity to disciple students, which is why we are here. Um, and and I don't want us to skip out on that process just because it's easier to connect with the ones who are already there. Um, we, I thought I was thinking about like who are the people that Jesus recruited? <laughs> Jesus, in large part, recruited a bunch of teenage fishermen. And what we know is that like the way Jewish culture worked, these were the guys who, you know, maybe they made it a, a while through their education, but at some point they couldn't keep up and they flunked out. There was some, they, they were lacking some sort of awareness that made them not candidates to be uh, disciples of a rabbi in their Jewish culture. But Jesus, our rabbi, our good shepherd, went and sought out and recruited these guys. And I wonder how much of us as leaders looks like that. Um, so that's that's what we want to uh, challenge you guys with. That's what we want to think about. And uh, we're just so grateful for the significant amount of effort and energy you put into reaching the students who are in your group, even the ones who are really hard to love. If you have other questions or thoughts, we would love to hear from you. So email us at switch at life.church and we will get to those questions and wrestle through them together on this podcast. Uh, thanks again for being here. Josh, thank you so much for all your wisdom and insight and leadership. Um, and thank you, small group leaders, for tuning in to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader that we will be tomorrow.